Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I was so hyped when I found out they were going to move to Brooklyn. For me, that was like the coincidence of all coincidences. I was like, where they, they're going where? There's an arena opening up where? For his breakout role in Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights, the multi-talented Anthony Ramos plays a bodega owner in the Washington Heights neighborhood of Manhattan. In real life, however, Anthony was born and raised in another New York City borough, his beloved Brooklyn. During his long run in Hamilton on Broadway, Anthony was invited to sing the national anthem before a Brooklyn Nets game at Barclays Center. Though he also performed for President Obama, he may have been more nervous to sing for the Nets. Growing up, his favorite player on the team, still based in New Jersey, was Jason Kidd. Kidd was in town coaching the Milwaukee Bucks on the day Anthony sang the anthem. Ramos cornered him in the hallway and tried to get him to come see Hamilton. I was like, come on, Jason, just come, as he told his hometown paper. That was awesome to be in Brooklyn and have all those things happen in one night. I'm LaChina Robinson. Those sweet, funky sounds you hear are the Budos Band. And this is Huge Fan, the podcast where stars talk sports. Now, please welcome Anthony Ramos. Brooklyn Nets, huge fan. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us on Huge Fan. It's great to have you with us today to talk about your Nets. Now, interestingly enough, you're from Brooklyn, but you're a Nets fan, which is a Jersey team originally. So tell me how all of that comes together. I mean, it was it was convenient for me that the Nets moved to Brooklyn. I was so hyped when I found out they were going to move to Brooklyn. Like that was that that for me that was like the coincidence of all coincidences. I was like, where they they going? Where there's an arena opening up? Where? And uh, when when the Barclays Center was first being built, and uh, I've been a fan since Jersey, you know, and uh, I just loved the Nets. Uh, I loved you know like Kenya Martin, Richard Jefferson. That was like my team. But Jason Kidd is my favorite player. I always just I just love the way he played the game, and he led the league in assists, and he was always like he was like to me one of the best team players. And then when they moved to Brooklyn, I was mad hype. And then they had Darren Williams and all them cats. And I was like, oh, you know, all right, all right, all right. It's going down. It's going down. But this team, this team, they started making these moves. And I was like, oh, this is, they building the juggernaut now. 
Yeah, so. I mean, you got KD, you got Kyrie, you got James. Yeah, I want to get to that, but I, I want to ask you this. If you loved the New Jersey Nets, why weren't you a Knicks fan originally since you were a New Yorker? <laughs> Yo, I don't even know. I grew up watching baseball. So I got into basketball because I saw Jason Kidd play like on TV. I was like, yo, I love the way this guy plays the game. I just rooted for the team he was playing for. If I'm at a Knicks game, I'm rooting for the Knicks for sure. Um, And, uh, you know, I mean, the only time I don't root for the Knicks is when they're playing against the Nets. I don't know why I wasn't a Knicks fan. I don't don't know why, but... um, but but I did, you know, I did get excited even for the Knicks when they had, you know, Carmelo Anthony and they had Tyson Chandler and they had, you know, they had that team. And even this year, you know, they did well, but um, but I'm through and through, man. I'm, I'm a Nets fan. And then, you know, they switched to the black and white jerseys. I was like, yeah, this is gentleman. Basquiat <laughs> jerseys. I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, those things are fire. But it's it's interesting you say that because normally fans start as a fan of the team and then they get to their favorite players, but you were drawn to the entire sport of basketball and to the Nets because of Jason Kidd. So that's a, that's an interesting way of becoming fans. Did you have becoming a fan? So did you have like friends that tried to make you come over to the Knicks or gave you a hard time about that? Cause come on, we're talking about the Knicks. Like this is basketball Mecca. Like how does that happen? Yeah, I mean, as a kid, yeah, my friends were like, why you, why you, what are you rooting for the Nets for? You know, so all my friends, you know, growing up, they were like, yo, you know, forget the Nets. Come on, man, what are you doing? Um, then later on, it was funny, like, I, you know, I was working with Spike Lee. I was working, I was doing She's Gotta Have It with Spike. And then Spike was like, what are you rooting for? Like, I'm a Nets fan. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I was like, and he's, you know, the Knicks fan of all Knicks fans. So I'm surprised you did not get kicked off of set, which, by the way, I loved Mars, like your character. And she's got to have it with my absolutely, absolute favorite. But yeah, I'm surprised that Spike didn't try to get rid of you after hearing about it. But funny story about that Spike, yo, we used to, when we used to shoot, Spike would leave. Like we knew if the Knicks were playing, we knew we were going to end early. Like I loved when the Knicks when the Knicks were playing, it was like thank God because we knew we were leaving set at a at a at a great hour because my man oh, was yeah. not missing the games, so we would wrap a little earlier so he can make the Knicks game. So so shout out to the Knicks. Yeah, well, he's not only not missing the game, he's not missing the pregame. Like he's got to be in his seat, he's got to be situated, he's taking pictures right. before the game. So you were getting out mad early for sure. Now for I know sure. you you liked Jason Kidd as a player. What do you think about Jason Kidd as a coach? Have you continued to follow him? I think I think Jason Kidd as a coach. I think it's right. It's like getting skin in the game, right? I think the the, the more years you get in the game, I think the better you get as a coach. I think he's great. Period. But like, you know, uh, he's only going to he's going to get stronger and stronger every year. And like, funny enough, it was crazy. Like it was dope to even I met him as a coach um, when he was coaching the Bucks and they were playing against the Nets. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember what year that was, but I was singing the national anthem at the game. And my pops was with me at the game and my dad goes, Mr. Kidd, son, call him over. And I because I walked past him on the way to the to the room that I was like that I was chilling at. And I was like, no, nah, man, don't, you know, like he was like, yo, we should call him over, Anthony, we should call him over. Cause you know, it's very rare in your life where you get to meet your favorite, like one of your heroes like that. And and he uh 
and he was just he was in the other room and then he was so happened to be in the hallway and my father calls him over and I'm like oh my gosh like embarrassing <laughs> me embarrassing me <laughs> and finally finally he comes over he's real kind then we took a photo and he signed a basketball and gave it to me like it was fire like and I still got oh, that I got wow. that basketball in my apartment yeah oh yeah. wow that is cool uh, yeah. it is in those moments though that your parents do something and you're like oh no but it ends up being beneficial to you but you didn't want them to put themselves out there like that right oh, right i just man. like don't embarrass me yo like of all the people you embarrass me in front of don't do it in front of this man come on man yeah yeah that's my idol and you said your first the first game you attended was with your dad right is that right uh yeah it was i think that was the second game i had i had gone to and i think the first one was I had gone to one before that, but one of the first games I had been to basketball games, period, because I just didn't go as a kid, you know, I only watched on TV. Um, it was the fir- one of the first games I went to with my pops and my brother, and we sat courtside. It was fire, yo. I think the Bucks won that game, too. I was like, oh, no, I think, no. Geez, I think the Bucks won that game, too. I was oh, like, dang. no. We are going to have to talk about that in just a moment, but sticking with your playing days, um, I know you liked baseball, but what was your basketball game like? Like, could you hoop a little bit? I would never come on your show and front and act like I was nice. I was the fifth man. I had good defense. If my jumper wanted to work, it worked. But let me tell you, the, the percentage was the percentage wasn't high. You know, it was so iffy. I was, it was iffy. They called that. That should have been my nickname, but uh, I ain't got no. I ain't got no pride about it at all. I, I never. I'm not too ashamed to admit it. But I enjoyed playing the game for sure. But baseball and football, those are my sports mostly. Do you see yourself ever doing a film around sport? Like, was it that much of an important aspect or could you see that inspiring you in any way to, to do something around film with sport? One of my dreams is to, is to make a movie about any sport, really. I love sports and sports is such a big part of my life and like how I grew up, the mentality of sports I've taken with me into my work, you know, writing songs and, 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 you know, recording and, and, and being an actor and just being in this business, being able to take the losses and learn from them, learning how to win as well. Um, and what that entails. Right. And I think, I think for me, like, I want those two worlds to collide. I almost did it. There was a story with the Los Angeles Dodgers that I kind of, I was, I was flirting with, I was playing around with, but um, but it didn't pan out. We couldn't find, we just couldn't flesh out a full length story there. You know, it was, there was like a spark there. I was like, yo, this could be crazy, but we couldn't, we, we didn't really, uh, we didn't really hit the nail on the head on that one, but I'm hopeful that, that we'll find something. And yeah, so yeah, to answer your question, I'm really praying. I'm like, yo, somebody listening right now, you got a banging script. Yo, send that shit, please. Send it. I'm here for it. Just listening to you describe it, I'm, I'm all for it. On the baseball side of thing, like, what was your game like? Like, who was your team? Like, what, what's a little bit of the your Mets. baseball background? Hallelujah. You know, but <laughs> I got go. a resilient, I got a resilient heart, you know, because them cats, man, I watched, I watched the Kansas City Royals celebrate on the field in game five of the World Series against the Mets, man. I, I went to that last game when they lost, but I stayed to the end. I didn't even care. I, I stayed all the way to the end. I was, you wow. know, lamenting and like, but, um, but, you know, it's fun. Like, but going back to sports movies, honestly, like the sports movies are my favorite. Glory mm-hmm. Road and like Coach Carter, um, you know, Remember the Titans, like yes. all these movies, um, for me are uh are like hopeful films like there's a movie called for the love of the game that i love 
there's something that you get from watching sports films like Sandlot and Little Giants, The Big Green, like these joints. The Mighty you know, these, Ducks. These, the right? Mighty you Ducks, like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> especially like I love the underdog story, you know, I think personally because I felt like an underdog a lot in my journey, I think, um, in, in, in what I do at now. Um, but just in life in general, I think, you know, uh, you know, growing up was, was a struggle. And I think I'm great. I'm so grateful for like the beautiful things that are happening in my life. And, but I've, and, and I've definitely felt like an underdog and that's still, I, I still do, you know, like in, in so many, so many times, uh, you know, in spite of whatever movie or whatever album or whatever is going on, there's that mentality, like, you know, man, but I'm still, you know, I still got to prove myself or I still got to prove myself to myself or to whoever. And I think sports movies bring that hope out. Um, yeah. it's, 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 you know, Rocky, especially those, you know, coach Carter, I mean, like what's funny is even coach Carter, Rick Gonzalez, we actually from the same neighborhood and we're friends, Rick. Oh, wow. And yeah, we became friends. Like, is it Timo Cruz? Is that last It might've been, but Rick Gonzalez played, played that character in coach Carter. And to see a character like that redeem himself and, and, mm-hmm. and come back and play the way he did in the playoffs with the team and, and over the course of the back half of the season, those kind of storylines and movies is like just inspire me, man. And, and yeah, I just love those. There's so many parallels, right? Like even you as an actor, you have to try out for roles, just like people try out for teams and there's roles you get and there's roles you don't. I mean, I was shocked when I thought I was going to show up my freshman year and me on varsity. And they were like, actually, you're going to start on the freshman team first. Then in my 10th grade year, I made it to JV. I didn't see that coming, but wow. you got to have the guts to like refuel yourself. Right. And when you get that disappointment, say, but I'm still good enough and go back after it. You know, the famous story, Michael Jordan was cut from his freshman team and he was like, bet. That <laughs> documentary know? was incredible, by the way. Oh, his, yes. The last that dance. joint. Oh, man. That, yeah. my, one of my favorite quotes was you never like Michael Jordan says something like I, you ask any of my teammates and they'll tell you I never asked them to do something I never did. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. Yeah. If there's a, a one sentence I could sum up what being a leader is, yeah. it's like, I did it, you know? I I, uh, I read a quote the other day from, I believe it was Kobe Bryant, or he was having a conversation with someone, and he basically mm-hmm. said, you know, why would I pass the ball? He was talking about his own teammates. He said, why would I pass the ball to these guys? He was like, when they come to practice you know, 10 minutes before it starts and they're not staying after and they're not doing the things, they're not working hard. He was like, so why would I pass the ball to them? It was just, it was a great moment of revelation just saying like, I see where your work is. But how did you transition from athlete to artist? I don't know what position you played in in baseball. What position did you play? Pitcher. And then when I wasn't pitching, I was playing middle infield. So I play where I play second base. And then football, did you, what position did you play there? Nah, so I I played football in the street. And then I was going to play football in high school, but I just didn't want to run the risk of getting injured. And I I wouldn't be able to play baseball. But I was on the wrestling team in high school. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that was fun. That was crazy. So how did you take what you learned as an athlete? to becoming an artist like was was that a seamless transition or were they happening simultaneously they weren't happening simultaneously but but because being an athlete was where my my sole focus was my sole focus was like on on competing and like and 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 playing but um you know i wanted to music has always been my first love and um I used to be in my aunt's house and we used to have this little mic that extended from the back of this Dell computer. And then we would burn beats from LimeWire, me and my cousin. 
and he would we get the beats and put them in the Windows Media Player on the computer, and then we set up the voice memo app. And what we would do is we would we would press play on the voice memo app, go back to the Windows Media Player, press play on the beat, and then we'd have one take to cut whatever song we just wrote. It was literally us just using a voice recording application on the computer. And my aunt knock on the door and I'd be getting tight, like, yo, we almost had that take. You just right. ruined that thing. <laughs> right, like, we don't need that sound. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, tight. We like, you quiet know, she's in like, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she'd be telling us, yo, keep it quiet. I'm like, yo, we almost had that. Come on. Like, at least we're not in the street doing something, something crazy. Like, uh, and the first song, we, yeah, we recorded in, the, in, in, in our apartment was called What You Mean to Me. And I don't even know whose beat that was. I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry we took your beat. But totally I mean, robbed I'm sure your song is probably better. <laughs> it's your song is way better than ours. So, no, no, no worries. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This is Game Day. So, I know you're heartbroken with how things shifted. I'm so heartbroken. Um, that was such what, a close loss. It, I was like, oh my gosh. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. Well, first, let me ask you this. What do you think about Steve Nash as a coach before I go on my little mini rant? I know there's a lot of things, a lot of a lot of different opinions about Steve Nash. I think I mean, it's his first year. It's his first year, you know? I mean, maybe I'm naive. Maybe I have too much grace. But it's like, you know, people be quick to put a, a coach on the chopping block after the you know first year coach. Yeah, he had a bomb squad. I'm not going to lie. They, them cats, they had the arsenal, you know. So, I mean, it, you know, so, I, 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 yeah, there was that. But but I think, you know, let let these guys also grow together, right? Harden and Irvin and all these cats, you know, Blake Griffin was even, sh- Blake Griffin was shining, you know, like yeah. let these guys just gel together and let them mesh together, right? And I, I, I'm hearing Mike D'Antoni might be out i think you know he'll build a coaching staff around him that will and make them unstoppable you know but i just you know yeah it was the first year you know i think what like what lebron went to lebron went i mean lebron's a player but you look at you look at lebron went to to where to the lakers they didn't win that first year that he went you know it's yeah. like just it, it like take, give these guys times. you know give them a second but yeah steve nash as a coach I just like let's see, you know. I think after the second season, yeah, then maybe there's a conversation like, oh, okay, nah, all right, wait. 
But you know, maybe he ain't calling the timeouts when they need a timeout. Maybe, That's you know what, what I was gonna like, say. I had to go th- in on that because come on, KD <laughs> had played fifty three minutes. They were in overtime. He had it's a true. timeout. It's true. All all KD needed was a breath. Okay, because yeah. we already know yeah. he was capable of hitting that shot. He was. He had nothing in the tank. Yeah. He just needed him to call a timeout. They could have set the play up. Maybe even got him a little screen action or something coming in. He leaves. Yeah. He leaves the series with his timeout in his pocket. Right, he, he did. He he did. I mean, I, maybe I left on a romantic note because the last game I went to, I don't know if it was game three or, and they won by like fifty, and he did everything right in that game. You know, against yeah. against the, the 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 against the Bucks. I mean, I was watching, and it was just like I mean, everyone did everything right. Kyrie might as well have flames coming out of his sneakers, and and, yeah. and K, KD as well. I mean, those guys were out the game by the beginning of the fourth quarter because they were just winning by so much, and the bench was coming. I guess it's how you finish, man. And I was I was I was I was uh, bummed about that, but uh, but again, I think it's in the second the second year where we're gonna see like okay. After you watched all the film, after you you saw what could have been better, after you know what I'm saying, after you saw like okay, this guy he got hurt this way, he got hurt that way. I didn't call a timeout there. Maybe you know, maybe it'll it'll set not only him but the rest of the coaching staff and the rest of the team up for for what can be a, a monumental season next year. Yeah, and you know, in all things considered, they had a ton of injuries. Like I think what people perceive is that. Okay, well, you got a big three. So if one gets injured, then you got a big two. And if the two get yeah. injured, then you're like everybody else because you still got a big gun like Kevin Durant. But every right. change to the roster changes everyone's role. So this guy who used to be the passer in the corner is now, right. you know, on the wing. And this guy right, has got right, to move right. over and now this defend. This guy's playing forward now. He was right. playing. Yeah, he's, he's playing do, shooting right, guard right. yesterday. So all yeah, the, yeah. Right, yeah. So all the pieces end up moving around. But I'm just curious, what did you leave this season thinking about Kevin Durant? Like what – what was your revelation in watching the way he played in that seven games that, you know, just sticks in your mind? I mean, I just, I love Kevin Durant has no quit. You know, I mean, this team's been, they've been dealt, the cars dealt to this team, especially like you said, with the injuries. Um, you know, it was like, it was, it was, it was hardened with the, what was the hamstring? I think it was. And then, it, right. Kyrie and like, <laughs> I th- I, yo, and he still wait. wait when he dropped in that last game, then he dropped like what forty nine points or something like that. I, I was like, like he's like fifty. He didn't go. It's not like he hung his head. Like he's like, nah, I'm out here to win. Yeah, you know. And um, you gotta admire a, a player like that and a leader like that. You gotta you you gotta love that. You got a lot to look forward to. Okay, um, your new album, Love and Lies. How did you challenge yourself artistically in making this album, and, and where does that that title come from? We wrote this song called Love and Lies. I, I was looking for a title. I had, you know, I mean, we were picking from like 70 songs and me and my boy Will, my executive producer, one of my best friends, we were like going through all the joints. Finally, we put this album together, 12 songs. And I was like, man, I don't know what to call this album. But like it felt a little darker and it felt sexier and it felt more grown. But then I started listening to the music and thematically, I was like, Love and Lies feels like the theme of this album. There's the song about heartbreak. There's the song about the, about the the scandalous, about that ravenous lust and lose my mind, right? Or like you know what I'm saying, that one night out. Or and then there's blessings, right? Like blessings and echale. Echale means like throw it, go for it, do it. Like yo, would you want to take another shot? Echale. You wanna you wanna dance with her? Echale. Go. Who you wanna be tonight? And this album just became this this sort of like it was like. 
it, yeah, it feels like it's about the difference between love and lies and what what's in the middle of that. Sometimes those things, they feel synonymous with one another. Uh, something that feel, is a lie feels like love and something that feels like, uh, or, or rather, something that you you self sabotage and you think it's a lie, but this is really love, right? You you self sabotage yourself out of something good, and then on the on the opposite side of that, something that might feel like love is actually a lie. And mm. and, and this album felt these songs felt like like that story was happening. Um, yeah. And then you know I also just wanted to have all kind of flavors on it. I wanted I wanted the the, the Afro beats Caribbean vibes that I grew up listening to and vibes cartel Elephant Man Beanie Man all them cats. And then you know you got the reggaeton vibes. You know I've been I mean I've been burning reggaeton. You look at my playlist on my phone. I mean it's just Bad Bunny, Mike Towers, yeah. Tiny. As you know Stetch like. And um, you know, with HLM right now, right now came that song came from from a trip I went I went to Cuba and I got inspired by a song I heard in a taxi on the way to the Airbnb. I was like, yo, my man, what is that? And he's like, Oh, it's Cubaton. And and I found the the music and then I go to these producers, uh, Andres and Mauricio, who produced Despacito. I was like, yo, can we please write a joint like this? And he was like, I got yes. just beat. And then we, you know what I'm saying? So, so I've been inspired by R&B since I was it. I was a kid and, um, you know, and then just in this quintessential straight up the middle pop songs and the freestyle vibe with, with the actual title song, Love and Lies, that was big in the 80s and 90s in New York. So there's every kind of flavor on this album, but I feel like it's a cohesive record, which was which was a task, you know, to put together all these different flavors. But I think we did it. Your new movie, In the Heights, is out now in theaters everywhere and HBO Max yeah. for those that may want to go uh, take a look. Um, congratulations on such a wonderful film. And as a New Yorker, how fun was it to have the city as your, as your playground for such a huge film? It was the best. You know, it was the best to shoot it in Washington Heights and to feel the pulse of the neighborhood and to feel, um, you know, we felt, you know, love from the neighborhood, too. And. It was it was such a blessing to to you know it was cool man like this you can't you can't imitate the pulse of New York you just can't like you could you know you can try to take New York to a set somewhere else and build it and there's nothing more authentic than the truth and that and that is being in the in the in the city and being in the vibrations and being in the place that you you're, you're making the movie about. And I remember we were we were doing this like mad emotional scene where there's like a death in the film and she and like everybody's lighting candles and things and and this guy goes from his from his window he's like this better be the last take <laughs> after after every time after we cut. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, so, and, and, you know, I'm from New York, you know, I'm from New York, I'm from a neighborhood, you know, like Washington Heights, from, I'm from Bushwick, Brooklyn, and to be able to film uh, a New York movie in New York, it always means a lot to me, you know, it was the same way I felt about shooting She's Gotta Have It in Brooklyn, being from Brooklyn, like, you know, yeah. with the legend Spike Lee, that for me means everything, you know, so, um, so I'm so grateful that, that we have, uh, that this movie exists forever. Awesome. Well, we love it. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Congratulations. I know there's so much more to come in your career, but before we let you go, we have to do our crunch time, which is our rapid response section of our conversation. You got to give me quick answers. You ready? Yeah. All right. We're going to finish up with this. Number one, you get to orchestrate one trade for your nets. Who do you want for the team? I just want one more big man. I don't know who, but I just want one more big man. Just somebody to just like body every big man in the league just to give us that extra muscle on the team. But I don't know who at the moment. But I, I wish we could get What's my man from the Bucks? I wish we could get him. Giannis. All right. Greatest basketball movie. I love Coach Carter. That's my favorite. Favorite uniform, black, white, dark gray, the city edition, B.I.G., the Bed-Stuy edition, or the throwback Blue Nets. The black and white Basquiat joint. The Nets. Okay. All right. You have one extra ticket to game seven of the finals. Who do you bring? Chris Lopez. If, Love you, bro. If you could only keep one of the big three, Kevin, Kyrie, James, who would you keep? Kevin. He's, yeah, Durant. Undisputed face of the franchise, Dr. J, Jason Kidd, or KD? Uh, who do you think it's Jason Kidd for me well thank you so much for your time this has been a great conversation um, I enjoy well, your work and yeah best is yet to come and I don't see how you juggle music and acting and all those things like you just you're very talented in, in all those spaces and um, the best of luck to you yeah I don't know how to juggle it either God <laughs> prayer there you and go. water <laughs> thanks for hanging thanks for having yeah. me on the show I had a lot Appreciate of fun it. and go Nets Go next, baby. Go next. <laughs> you can find Huge Fan on Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and share so other Huge Fans can find us. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. That'll do it for this round of Huge Fan, the podcast where stars talk sports. I'm LaChina Robinson. Until next time, keep rooting your guts out. Go Budos Band! The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.